Together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing, I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. And then take the name of Jesus with you. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. this evening. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for this evening that you've given us. We thank you for our church family, the opportunity to come and worship you on this Sunday evening service. I ask that you'd help each of us to have open and receptive hearts to your truth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to sing tonight, Facing a Task Unfinished. It's one of our mission songs we learned. And so uh, we're going to sing that together tonight. Oh, yeah. 
on Sunday nights as well as Sunday morning Bible hour. So if you're in that class and the fundamentals of the faith class, I encourage you to take it. If you haven't done it, it is 12 fundamentals of Christian faith. It's a great study. Um, take it. It's worth it. Second Kings chapter nine. I'm going to read the verses 30 down through 37. Pretty graphic text. Uh, you know, the Bible really doesn't pull any punches. It really gives you real life events. And in this text, we're going to see a real life event that takes place that if we had been there to see it, I think we would all have been pretty shocked and amazed at how barbaric some of the ancient peoples were. But is the reality of the time they were barbaric. And as we look at this transpire, we're going to see that. 
However, in this, we see a great spiritual lesson. And the title of our lesson tonight is, That Which the Dogs Could Not Eat. And we're going to go ahead and see what took place with Jezebel as she kind of reaps what she sows. She encounters what she herself had been and the way she treated others. It's all going to come back upon her in this text, 2 Kings chapter 9, uh, and I'm going to read to you verses 30 down through 37. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face, teared her head, which means to decorate her hair and put her, hot, her, her hair high, and looked out the window. And as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, had Zimri peace who slew his master? And that, that turn of phrase there, we struggle a little bit with the structure of the Hebrew of that when we read it in English. But basically what she's saying is, is the peace of Zimri upon him who betrayed his master, slew or murdered his master. And Jehu lifted up his face to the window and, and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down. And some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses. And he trod her underfoot of the horses. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink. And said, Go see now this cursed woman, and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet, the palms of her hands. Wherefore they came again and told him and said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. And the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, this is Jezebel. As we look at this text, we find that Jehu, Jehu has started cleaning house in Israel. He's not the king, but he's going to be the king. But there's two kings, a king of Israel and a king of Judah. And what Jehu is going to do, because he has been led of God, he, have, he has decided, I'm going to go ahead and clean house of all these kings that are worshiping Baal, worshiping false gods, rejecting the true and living God, leading the nation of Israel after wickedness and evil. Uh, Jezebel herself being a real mover and shaker in this coming to pass. And he just decides... I'm going to step in. And already he has killed Jezebel's husband. So that king is already dead. The other king is going to be killed in the next chapter or so. And so we know that in this text, we see Jehu coming to bring the judgment of God upon the house of Israel leadership. Now, as Jezebel comes to the window... She makes accusation. 
And she is basically proclaiming out that he has betrayed his master. He has murdered his master. And so she's looking for support in those who are around her. But that's not exactly what happens, is it? Instead, Jehu calls out and he says, who's on my side? And it says that three eunuchs, which would have been of the household of the queen, three of them stick their heads out the windows and he says, throw her out. And they just throw her out the window of the palace. And it says that when she hits the ground, she bursts. Part of her blood goes on the walls and part of the blood goes on the horses. And then it tells you that Jehu, when you see that description in verse 33, it says the blood sprinkled on the wall and on the horses and he trod her underfoot. And it's a reminder of the warfare of ancient times. They would train their horses to go ahead and know how to fight. And when they went into battle, if you had a horse, not only were you a warrior, your horse was a warrior. And the horses knew and had been trained on how to stomp and how to slash and how to tear and kill. And so that's exactly what Jehu does as he deals with the body of Jezebel. Even still today, the name Jezebel. There's nobody in this room who's thinking about naming their kid Jezebel. There's nobody who's thinking of the South. That's just such a sweet name. That name has lived through time because of this Bible account as one who is evil and wicked. As we come to our text, we are reminded that it tells us that even as God had prophesied by the prophet Elijah the Tishbite, that the dogs would consume Jezebel. However, we learn a little spiritual lesson in here by what they don't eat. So when you notice in the text, it tells us that they went back to get her body and to bury it in verse 35. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull, the feet, and the palms of her hands. For us, we've got to step back and look back in time and ask ourselves, well, why? Why would the dogs not have eaten the skull, the palms of the hands, or her feet? And I believe there's a great spiritual lesson here for all generations. And of course, uh, Jehu, he remembers the prophecies of Elijah. And he makes it clear that this is actually the fulfillment of that prophecy because the dogs ate her. When you come to verse 37, it says, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel so that they shall not say, this is Jezebel. So all of those who were worshipers of Baal, all of those who had followed the God, the God of Jezebel, they're not going to be able to say, well, here is a memorial unto Jezebel. Because she's been eaten by the dogs and she is as dung across the fields. The only thing left is the skull, the palms, and the feet. So why the skull? Because her mind was a mind that was polluted in evil. Even the dogs would not eat the skull. Because she was so quick to devise and bring about evil. Look with me if you would at 1 Kings chapter 21. 
And I believe God has these things for us to learn a lesson from and to contemplate and to consider. So when we look at 1 Kings chapter 21, look at verses 5 down through 11. It says, Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth, the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money. He says, I wanted to buy the vineyard from Naboth. If it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel, the king's wife, said unto him, Dost thou not govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise, eat bread, let thine, <coughs> let thine heart be merry. <coughs> I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters to Ahab, uh, in Ahab's name and sealed them with his kingly seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles which were in, were in that city, in his city, in Naboth's city, dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carrying, carry him out and stone him that he may die. So here you find Jezebel, her, her husband, the king, wanted to purchase a vineyard because it was where he wanted the vineyard. He wanted to possess what somebody else had. It was where he wanted to have a vineyard. And he's depressed, he's discouraged. This guy won't sell it to me. And she says, what is the problem? Are you not the king? Well, if you're the king, I will get it for you. But she's not going to go and buy it. She is going to conspire a murder to kill Naboth so that her husband can have this vineyard. Verse 11, And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles, who were the inhabitants in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them. And as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. These elders, these rulers, these sub-rulers underneath the king, they so feared Jezebel that when she sent out this letter to each of them and said, I want you to go ahead and bring Naboth and raise him up before the people and have a great feast. And then I want you to bring in two sons of Satan, two sons of Belial. You bring them in and you tell them to lie against this good man. Say that he has blasphemed God and blasphemed against the king. Then haul him outside the city and stone him to death. For nothing other than he would not sell a piece of ground. To her husband the king you begin to see how evil her mind was 
how wicked her mind was, how, how privileged she thought she was, how ruthless and deceptive she could be. She was an unremorseful woman. When you look at 15 and 16, as you come down in that chapter in 1 Kings chapter 21, you see where she goes to her husband and she tells him, he's dead. It's your field. Go and take it. So as you look at this, you understand the polluted mind of this woman. And you and I as Christians, we need to step back and say, well, I should have the mind of God. I should have the mind of Christ. I should not allow my mind to be as polluted as a Jezebel. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You and I, we need to allow God to transform our mind. We should not have the mind of a Jezebel, wicked, evil, unremorseful, conniving. We should have the mind of Christ. And the way to have the mind of Christ, it starts with salvation, when we receive Him as our Savior. And then we spend time in His Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We should know and study the Word, the Bible, the Scriptures, that we might know it. Not only know it, but let it transform us and change us. When those around us see us, I would hope they would never see the mind of a Jezebel, but rather they would see the mind of a, a Savior, a Christ, the mind of God. Us changed, transformed, shaped, and made into the very image of Christ through the way we think and perceive things. Even the dogs, when they approached the body of Jezebel, and, and if you've ever seen a dog approach its, its food, it, it comes up and it sniffs it, and then it eats it. And as it came up to sniff, it realized the stench of Jezebel's rotten brain, her filthy mind, even the dogs would not eat. But when we go back to the text, we find that there are two other things that they will not eat. The second one is that they will not eat her feet because her feet were swift to follow after false gods. They too stunk just as her mind stunk. They too had been polluted just as her mind was polluted. So polluted that a dog would not even eat it. I want you to look back with me if you would to 1 Kings chapter 16. And let's look at who Jezebel was. Let's learn a little bit about her and how and where her feet would carry her. 1 Kings chapter 16, and I'm going to read to you verses 31 and 32. And then we're going to jump down just a little bit farther. Uh, but look with me, if you would, at 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31. It says, And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, 
the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So when we begin to get a picture of Jezebel and Ahab, that we begin to understand that Jezebel herself was not part of the children of God. She was not part of the lineage of Israel. She was an outsider that had brought in an outside God. And she greatly influenced her husband. And he, in return, greatly influenced the nation of Israel. Look with me, if you would, at 1 Kings chapter 18. Look down with me at verse 19. It says, Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which ate at Jezebel's table. So you begin to see the deeds of Jezebel. 850 of these false prophets. And where did they eat? They ate at the table of the queen. She elevated them and exalted them above the prophets of God. In fact, she led for the prophets of God to be executed and to be killed. We find her. Her feet are swift to bring about evil. The prophet, when he's afraid of Jezebel, when he's hiding up in the mountains, God tells him, listen, I have a remnant. I've got 7,000 people in this entire country who've not bowed their knee to Baal. But many, 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 many thousands had. And they had because she had led the way. She had influenced her husband. She had influenced him to influence a nation. And her feet had led the way to reject the true and living God and to build groves to false gods and to build altars unto a false god, Baal. So she was polluted. So polluted in her actions and deeds, she had led them in such an errant way that even the dogs would not eat their feet. Now these are not household dogs. These are not your average little lap dog. How many of you have lap dogs? A number of you. And so those little lap dogs, they're just little cuties. And what kind of dog do you have? A little terrier dog. And just and so she daintily goes up and eats her gourmet dinner in the dish, right? Yeah. And Howie back here, what kind of lap dog do you have? It's just a mutt lap dog. But it's not a vicious, cruel dog, is it? Yes, absolutely. But when we read this text, and Jezebel's body is thrown outside the window, and from the palace she bursts on the ground, and her blood splashes up on the wall and on the horses, and then they cut her up and they break her up, and those dogs that are coming to eat her, they're not pets. 
These are the wild dogs of an ancient society. These dogs eat anything. But they're not going to eat the feet of Jezebel. And God, God gives us this lesson for us to understand. That you know, our polluted mind oftentimes influences where our feet take us. And the, the influence of where we go. And in Jezebel, her polluted mind had led her feet to false gods. And then those false gods influenced an entire nation of people. And even the wild dogs would not eat her feet. But it doesn't end there, does it? We come down and there's a third part. Look back with me to the text there in 2 Kings chapter 9. And I read down for you verses 30 on down to 37. Verse 35 again it says, And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull, the feet, and then what? The palms of her hands. The palms of her hands right here. Now, truly, if you, if you think about it, I mean, a palm of your hand, that's not something I would think a dog would not eat. A wild dog. I mean, think of a bear or a lion. Think about even a coyote. I would not think that they would leave the palm of the hand. But these wild dogs would not even eat the palm of the hand. Because it was a palm, they were palms that had done, they had done so much evil that they too were polluted. Not only was her mind so polluted that the dogs would not eat the skull. Not only were her feet so polluted from going about and doing that which pulled a whole nation away from God. But her deeds, the things she went about to do with her hands, were also polluted and wicked. Look with me back at 1 Kings again, chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'm going to read to you verse 4 and also verse 13. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. Look down with me if you would at verse 13. Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord? How I hid an hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. So of all the prophets of the true and living God in the nation of Israel, how many were spared? 100. But how many prophets of Baal did Jezebel feed at her table? Do you remember? 850. Two groups. One group was 450. One group, the leaders of the of the vineyards or the places of worshiping Baal, as well as those who worshiped Baal as the priests. 850 sat at her table and she fed them. She made sure they were cared for, that they were nurtured, that they were supplied all their needs. 
She herself made sure at her own table. When I was a little boy, much like you, how many of you had a grandma who, man, when you came, she fed you like nobody's business? How many had a grandma like that? I saw Zach raise his hand right up there. He said, absolutely, Connie's that grandma. She is going to go ahead and take care of me. My grandma was the same way. We'd pull in the driveway as soon as we'd walk in the door. Grandma's trying to give us kids candy and she's trying to make whatever, give us anything we all wanted from dad on down. Everybody got taken care of by grandma. Well, that's how Jezebel did these priests, these false God leaders. That's how she did the leaders of Baal. And her hands were polluted from caring for them. But not only that, she led the murder of all the prophets of Jehovah, all the prophets of the true and living God, all the religious leaders of, of the scriptures and the truth of the Bible. The, the very God who Take, took them out of Egypt, gave them the promised land, the very God who gave them the tabernacle and showed them how to go ahead and build the temple. This, the very God who cared about them enough to tell them one day there's going to be a Messiah, a Savior. There's going to be one who is the Christ, who is the final sacrifice for your sins that you can have eternal life. All that that God had done, she put her hands to the work of having them murdered. Her hands were so polluted, so vile. For years, I was a machinist. I started when I was 16 years old in high school. I'd go to high school until noon. And then at noon, I'd go on what they called early release. It's kind of like prison, you know. They would early release. And I would drive down into Holden, into Jefferson. And there was a little machine shop down in there. And that's where I started working at 16 years old. Every day, half a day of high school, half a day in the machine shop. And then I graduated halfway through my senior year. So that January, they, they came to me, they said, Tim, you've completed all your requirements. Do you want to do another half a year of high school? Or do you just want to show up for graduation in spring? I said, I'll show up for graduation in spring. And I went to work at the machine shop. And every day when I got done working in the machine shop, my hands would be black, black with grease and oil from working in uh, that particular shop was thread rolling machines and had a lot of uh, high temperature, uh, high concentrations of machine oil. We had to clean it and I, would, I was low man on the totem pole. And so who's gonna clean the worst of the worst? Low man on the totem pole. So I'd go home, a high school kid, and I would take brushes and I would get soap and I would brush and brush and brush my hands because I was in high school. And no matter how hard I brushed, no matter how hard I worked, there were pores that I just couldn't get that black grease out of. You know, that's kind of Jezebel. Jezebel, no matter how much she wanted to look beautiful, when she stood up to that window on the palace, and she called out and made the accusation of betrayal. She had decked herself out. She was looking high class that day. But her hands were so polluted. Her feet were so polluted. 
Her mind was so polluted that even the dogs would not eat her. We really live in a day and an age where there's many a people whose minds are so polluted. Their hands and their feet are so polluted. They have followed the ways of Belial instead of the ways of the true and living God. They think they're okay. They, mar they wear makeup well. They fix their hair up. They dye it. They shine it. They decorate it. And when you look at them, you think to yourself, man, they're doing great. But inside, they are not. Their mind is dark. Their feet are dark. Their hands are dark. Stained by wickedness and evil. When we look at this text, we understand that the dogs themselves, when they came up and sniffed what was there, they ate all the rest. But they said, we can't, we're not going to lower ourselves that low. I may be a wild dog and I may eat anything, but I am not going to eat that. We find that Jezebel hated the people of God. She hated the prophets of the Lord. We find it over and over again revealed in the scriptures. You and I need to be just the opposite. We need to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to love those who watch the nursery, teach Sunday school. Those folks who come in and they put in their time vacuuming the church or taking care of the church books. We should love our brothers and sisters in Christ. 1 John, chapter, uh, 1 John 3 verse 14 says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Jezebel abided in death. Spiritually, she reeked of evil. You and I, it should be just the opposite. It should be that we are that sweet savor that comes up before God as the incense of prayer. It should be that our minds, our hands, our feet are sweet meat. We have been harvesting in the field of that which honors God. Jezebel is a person who we can look back at and we can learn a valuable lesson from her because even the dogs would not eat that which was that polluted. Beware, Christian. Beware of the effect upon us in the world we live in. Beware of what we let into our minds. Beware of where our feet take us. Beware of what we let our hands do. That it would always honor the Lord. Amen? Amen? Thank you for coming and being in the Lord's house tonight. This afternoon, as, as I was just kind of wrapping up some of my notes, I, I read several chapters beyond this chapter. And just read about what, what God was doing with the nation of Israel and how he was bringing to a conclusion this period of time of Jezebel's influence and how he's going to raise up others. 
It's an interesting read. So I challenge you when you go home, take this text and read several chapters beyond and look at how it unfolds. It's great. It's great. Read it. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed tonight. Um, I'm going to ask Zach, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer? Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you that we're able to come here and listen to the preaching of your word, Lord. Thank you help us to not pollute ourselves or our minds or our hands as we go into this week, Lord. I pray that you bless it and allow us to work together for your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming out this evening.